Hey guys, you're listening to Millennials at the Movies. I'm Amy. And I'm Novi. We'll be celebrating Christmas on this podcast all through December, and today we're continuing that with Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. According to Google Movies, after snarky youth Kevin McAllister loses track of his father at the airport, he mistakenly gets on a plane headed for New York City while the rest of the McAllisters fly to Florida. Now alone in the Big Apple, Kevin cons his way into a room at the Plaza Hotel and begins his usual antics. But when Kevin discovers that the sticky bandits are on the loose, he struggles to stop them from robbing an elderly man's toy store just before Christmas. It's streaming on Disney Plus and DirecTV, and on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 33 and the audience a 61. Wow. So, lower expectations, or I guess I had higher expectations of Home Alone 2 because of the first Home Alone, <laughs> and it didn't meet no, them. they said it was really violent and uh. kind of mean. So. <laughs> yeah, and the meanest part, I think, is the parents, or the adults in general in this movie, but especially the parents, they are awful. They've learned nothing from a year ago when they left their child at home after punishing him by sending him to the third floor and then they just repeat all of that shit over again and just uh, still aren't keeping track of their kids i know they have a lot of them but jesus come on well i think they tried to be fair this time they tried to punish buzz after he bullied kevin at the school play (laughs) which was awful but kind of funny but I don't believe that an entire room full of adults would have laughed at that because all he did was air drum on his head and light up his ears with fake candles yeah and the whole audience thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen in their lives (laughs) no that's not very I Mm want to believe that adults would not react that way but in this movie it makes sense because adults are the fucking worst (laughs) yeah but like the fact that Buzz still felt so comfortable bullying Kevin and that Kevin still felt like he had to resort to physical violence because he knew no one was coming to protect him Mm -hmm. it kind of shows that Peter and Kate didn't really make any progress as parents and making Kevin feel heard yeah and later on he tells kate that he can't trust anyone in his family like the kid needs therapy yeah 100 percent. it's like there's so many things wrong with their parenting at the start of the movie i was constantly just sitting there like i hate you why why are you the worst um it starts with i think the first horrible thing they do which is send kevin into the bathroom where uncle frank is taking a shower so that he can get his tie because they're getting ready to go to this performance thing. And it's like, okay, Uncle Frank's going with you guys. He doesn't, Kevin doesn't need to go into the bathroom where his uncle uncle is naked and taking a fucking shower. Wait, just wait. He'll be done with the shower. He'll get the tie. It'll be fine. But no, they sent him in there anyway. And that is awful. <laughs> it's awful. But I kind of found that scene funny with the song was a great song. And the... <laughs> calling him a nosy little pervert which if someone's <laughs> recording you in the shower they are. yeah yeah well okay and i think they could have found another way to get kevin into the bathroom it didn't have to be with the parents telling him to go do it because you would expect the parents should know better a 10 year old might not he might think it's funny to just go peek in there because he hears his uncle singing horribly you know it didn't have to be the parents sending him in there for his stupid tie no that was a very dumb reason for them to do it yeah then they also just accept buzz's very clearly like fake apology 
with the dramatics and everything. Like, they just buy it. It's like, you know Buzz is an asshole. You know that he is. Why are you just buying this? You know, like, come on. And then they expect Kevin to apologize back to him. It's like, for what? He got embarrassed in front of a whole crowd of people during his big solo. Like, kids get nervous about shit like that, and it means a lot to them. And then he got embarrassed on stage. It was, he shoved him. It wasn't a big deal. What happened after? It, like it was unfortunate and but it wasn't his it was unintentional yeah like he didn't mean for all of that to happen so I'll, I'll say this I don't think they bought Buzz's apology I think it was about the apology itself not about the intention of the apology mm. but I do wonder how the family would have reacted to Kevin apologizing to the people he actually wronged like I apologize to everyone besides Buzz on the stage, the woman who was playing the piano that got hit with the flying scenery. Mm-hmm. But I don't apologize for defending myself, and I will never apologize for that. I wonder how they would have reacted to that, because it wasn't what they were asking for, but I think it's all he owed. And he yeah. did owe it. Yeah, an apology to all those other people. And I think he would have apologized to all those other people. But that's not what they were asking for. They were wanting him to apologize to Buzz. And stupid (laughs) and then they punish him by sending him to the third floor you know the place that they sent him to last time and then forgot about him on their trip in the morning when they were rushing which is what they do again because they're awful at timekeeping (laughs) but um god this was before i think you said this in the last movie too but yeah before cell phones how did anybody ever do anything They accidentally unplug the alarm clock when they're trying to get the rechargeable batteries. Mm -hmm. And it's a really dumb thing. Apparently nobody just checks to make sure before they go to bed. No. But they're late, again, because really everything in this movie is some form of retread of the first movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was funnier the first time. (laughs) A lot of it was, but some of it was better in this one. We just haven't gotten to any of it yet. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) But I'm I'm looking forward to all of those parts because the whole beginning of the movie, I just sat there going, I hate the adults. I hate the adults. (laughs) I enjoyed the children more at the beginning of the movie, though. I Mm. thought that Macaulay Culkin's acting was better. And Mm -hmm. my favorite exchange and my favorite quotes happened between two of Kevin's siblings. They're about to go on a vacation to Florida, and they're arguing about whether or not to use sunblock. Kevin's sister, Megan, says, I don't care if I age like an old suitcase. I'm getting toasted. And Buzz responds, great. Now you can be a skag with a slightly darker shade of skin. (laughs) It's so so shitty. But I found it a believable sibling argument, and it was also really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I, in general, wanted to see more of the siblings and the cousins because I felt like we saw a little bit more of them in the first one and not as much in this one, but that exchange was great. Um, My favorite quote also happened at the beginning of the movie, but it was Kevin who is talking about how he wishes he was going on vacation on his own instead of with his family and how he doesn't want to go to Florida. And he says, who wants to spend Christmas in a tropical climate anyway? And as someone who lives in LA, I felt that deep in my soul because I don't want an 80 degree Christmas again. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was just like, yeah, I agree. Why Florida? Why the hell Florida? (laughs) 
Well, I even got where they were going to Paris in the first one because their uncle lived there. Right. But why Florida? I don't know. Yeah, you would expect that this family would want to stay at home, especially after what happened last Christmas. And especially because Kate says to Kevin, um, like, what is it with you and Christmas trees? And so clearly Kevin loves Christmas. And instead of, you know, after all of the shit that happened last Christmas, instead of staying at home, waking up Christmas morning, exchanging presents by the Christmas tree, making sure your son is safe and that you're with your family, you know, and all of that, they're like, no, no, let's go to Florida. And I guess that's just what rich people do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, And I get, I feel like you'd have some kind of a PTSD in that where it's just like, oh, well, after what happened last year, let's just have a chill Christmas and <laughs> yeah. sit here in my house where I know where you are. Yep. <laughs> but I guess they try to make sure because when they're going through the airport, they're trying to make sure constantly like, oh, is Kevin in the car? Where's mm. Kevin? Let me look at Kevin. Mm -hmm. But of course, they're running through the airport because adult men run faster than distracted 10 year old children. <laughs> uh -huh. And Kevin looks down for a minute and then starts running after a different guy wearing the same coat as his father. Yep. Uh, kid. The entire family without Kevin gets to the gate and the flight attendants or I guess gate attendants going mm. to Florida are awful because yeah. Kate decides that she's going to wait outside while the rest of her family gets on the plane just to make sure everyone gets on. And mm. the attendant says, no, you need to hurry up and board. I'll get everyone on the plane. <laughs> but like, what difference would it make to you if she goes in first or last? It's kind of the thing you were saying earlier about Uncle Frank, where it's like, well, if they're all going, why wouldn't he just get the tie later? It's like, well, if they're all getting on the plane, why can't she just wait until all of her kids get on the plane, dude? Yeah. Like, she spent the entire last movie being an entitled bitch to every service worker she encountered in the whole airport. And now she's like, oh, but okay, I respect your opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, in this movie, she had to be a complete entitled bitch to other employees just not the ones in the airport we already did that and we will get there <laughs> yes we will i will say i don't blame the new york gate attendant so much because when kevin gets up there and he runs into the woman and says he drops his ticket they mm -hmm. at least attempted to be responsible and said okay make sure that he finds his father before you let him stay on the plane. Yeah, they did. But they didn't go up to him and say, hey, we found your kid outside. Here you go. They just <laughs> yeah. let him stay on the plane. Also, they didn't collect his ticket. He still had it later. So <laughs> That's right. they were also shitty. This is why um, airports have become so much more strict now. Thank you, 90s movies. Um, you've ruined it for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, just the deluge of children winding up on different planes than their parents <laughs> by accident. That's the worst thing that could happen. Can you imagine being on an airplane and then suddenly there's another child? Come on, nobody wants that. <laughs> and of course, Kate is magic because they're on the plane mm. to Florida and she's like, something's not right. I feel like we've forgotten something, but no, we made sure Kevin's here. It's <laughs> like, Motherhood doesn't give you, like, Spider-Man powers. Like, 
it, in the first movie, it kind of made sense because she was remembering maybe that they had forgotten Kevin. Mm-hmm. You don't just have like an idea that he's on the wrong plane unless you had some kind of pre-knowledge that your subconscious is trying to tell you that he's on the wrong plane. Like, especially when you're such an unobservant parent, she has yeah. no idea. Yeah. That she wasn't checking for shit. She wasn't even anywhere near her son when they were running through the airport. She was like at the start of everybody, I believe. And it's like, he's 10. Anytime you're in an airport, especially, or any crowded place, especially if you're running through that crowded place, hold your kid's hands or have a buddy system. After what happened last time, you would imagine that that's what they would have done. Like, okay, everybody has to have somebody whose hand they're holding and the littlest ones should have a parent whose hand they hold, you know? But no, she doesn't give a shit. Um, And then they also are still sitting in first class, you know, the adults are and their kids are not there with them and it's fine. Someone else will watch them. It's not a big deal. Hey, I'm sure Buzz will watch Kevin. That worked out so well mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they should win like par- uh, awful parent of the year awards every single year. I feel like this time is yeah. worse too because it just happened a year ago. You've learned exactly. nothing. <laughs> uh. well, they get off the plane and they're get baggage check and everyone's in a long line like the last supper and they're passing <laughs> along kevin's bag give this to kevin give this to kevin mm. and then they pass it back along the entire line saying kevin's not here and no one looks at all disturbed that kevin's not here everyone just looks like it's completely normal that he's not yeah until it hits kate and she has the <sighs> most ridiculous reaction in the world <sighs> but it you know to- what uh, Catherine O'Hara pulls it off. I'm not shading the actress at all. <laughs> she is hilarious. Yeah. The character sucks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, she has her little Kevin moment again and then passes out. And it was funny, at least, that it was like like a callback to the first movie, but it made more sense in the first movie because she realized it and remembered that, you know, her, their son's not there. <laughs> this time it didn't really make as much sense. But yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but then they go to report that they're, they've left, left their son somewhere. They don't even know where he is. He was at the airport with them. They know that much. That's all they know. And they're just cracking jokes and laughing while they're re- having this conversation with the police officer when he's, like, asking them all these questions about if this kind of thing has happened before. And they say, yeah, and that, like, yeah, you know, this is we've, we actually did leave him at home last year. But we've never lost our luggage. Ha ha ha. It's like, dude, no. This child should never be returned to these parents ever again. I will give that airport security guard some, like, props, though. Because he looks like he wants to call CPS on them right now. Yep. Yeah, like, he does not think your shit is funny. I feel like if it was the first movie and we had cops like we did there, they would have probably laughed along, like, ha, 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 that's hilarious. But he doesn't. He's just looking at them like, you guys are all sorts of fucked up. Like, yeah, what the hell? Them. Yeah. <laughs> at least there's that adult. There are other good adults in the movie. I will say that. But that's one of them. <laughs> he is. And of course, you transpose it with Kevin having a montage of himself just having the gayest old time uh-huh. in New York City to a song about how nobody ought to be alone on Christmas while he's just skipping through the streets like, voila, I'm so happy my old, old family isn't here. 
Okay, Kevin has my dream vacation in this movie up until shit goes wrong. Because he's sitting in the hotel room with some man, like, scooping up, you know, three. It's fine. I'm not driving. Scoops of ice cream. Um, and, like, a whole tray of more ice cream and all the toppings you could imagine. Laying in this giant, I'm imagining, king-size bed. I don't really know the sizes of beds well. Um, watching TV all on his own in this beautiful hotel room with money to spend. And he's 10. So who gives a shit? He doesn't understand how credit cards work, you know? Um, so he's got all this money to spend on whatever he wants. And he's eating all this junk food and watching all this TV and going toy shopping. And I'm like, that's the Chris or not Christmas, but the uh, vacation I want to take. That's all I want. Let me buy some toys or whatever. And then just sit in a hotel room eating and watching TV. That's vacation. <laughs> he checks himself into a very expensive hotel using his Talkboy voice recorder, <laughs> using a voice filter that sounds like he's trying to rob someone over the phone. Yeah. And yeah. the words, and I quote, are, howdy do. This is Peter McAllister, the father. The father, yes. And someone bought that as legitimate human speech. And <laughs> that person is a desk clerk that today 100% would be played by Tina Fey. Yes! Oh, that would be so good. Remake this movie. But but, but you no. know what? Re- remake this movie, but put Macaulay Culkin in it again as, <laughs> as oh, Kevin. God, he'd be Marv. <laughs> no, I want him to be Kevin. I just don't want him to be Kevin. He can play a 10-year-old. It's fine. It's fine. We'll all just pretend. Um... But yeah, I love that it's the father, but I also really love that he knew to say credit card, no problem. It's like, how? How the fuck does this 10-year-old know that they're going to be asking about a credit card? He doesn't know that shit. He doesn't know shit. (laughs) A 10-year-old who couldn't pack his suitcase last year knows everything that a desk clerk at a hotel is going to say (laughs) to him. He has watched so much TV. Yep. You know what? He's learned survival. This kid, if any kid needed to learn survival, it's him. Which is a great transition into the reintroduction of the Sticky Bandits, Harry and Marv, on the back of a fish truck. Yep. It's (sighs) the most perfect reintroduction to them. It really is. I love their little back and forth about, do you smell that? Yeah, it's fish. It's freedom. And then as uh, Harry walks away, Marv says, and it's fish. (laughs) I love that so much. I don't know why. It's the stupidest thing ever, but it's so good. (laughs) I think what I loved most about it is that Harry finally browbeats him into saying, okay, fine, fine, it's freedom. And as Harry is walking away, he mutters, it's fish. Kind of like, (laughs) ha, I got one over on you. Anyway. (laughs) Yep. Oh. I love their chemistry together, though. Uh Uh-huh. Because on one hand, Harry constantly seems kind of annoyed of Marv and, like, he's, like, hand-holding him through things. Mm -hmm. But then we find out later they're walking through the park and Harry promised Marv he'd take him to the zoo. Yeah. And it's just like... It's so cute. What are you? These (laughs) people are friends after everything. After Harry, or after Marv got Harry locked up by confessing to crimes, <laughs> yep. they are friends. Yep. 
And Aww. I love that. I do too. That's real friendship. Because I bet you if I did that to you, your ass would be gone. You'd be like, fuck you. I'm out. You can stay in jail forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. um, two of my favorites ha- are in the hotel, though. Um, oh. My absolute favorite character, Hector, played by Tim Curry, whom I love. <laughs> Yeah, your husband, uh huh. Is like the secondary antagonist in this. He's delightfully evil, but in a real small time way that we don't normally see him in. Like, he's so petty, uh-huh. and his facial expressions are so ridiculous. They really are. I, I, like, was really, really curious about what he was trying to get out of finding out that Kevin, you know, has stolen a credit card clearly because how could a child be here on his own checking himself in? We'd never see the father, blah, 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 that whole thing. Just like, what's your point? Like, you are an adult man. (laughs) Yeah, like, you're an adult man. This is a child. Clearly something's wrong here. But your goal shouldn't be to be like, ha ha, I have figured it out. (laughs) You have stolen the credit card. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? Put him in jail? He's a child. On his own in New York City. That is what Kevin thought was going to happen. Yeah. But first, he tells Cedric, who is Rob Schneider, (laughs) to get some dirt on Kevin. And I give Rob Schneider a lot of flack. But for me, he's kind of like Nickelback. Like, he's so (laughs) much fun to make fun of. But I can't remember anything I've ever seen him in and not fully enjoyed. I love him. Yeah. I, I, he, this will not be the last Rob Schneider movie we review on this podcast. I can assure you that. It he wasn't the first either. It was not the first. version of him was so different than Surf Ninjas. And I loved it just as much. <laughs> oh, you mean Surf Ninjas where he was like 30 playing a 17-year-old? <laughs> this is yeah, and this, which came out in a similar year when he was, you know... <laughs> 30 playing a 38 year old (laughs) yeah makes sense (laughs) um before we get too much further into when he is told to um you know go figure out everything that kevin is up to um but i forgot to mention this earlier one of the things that happens when we are introduced to harry and marv is that harry says that they're going to hightail it to some very foreign country after they you know do their whole scheme of stealing money and blah 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 the foreign country that marv thinks of is arizona And I don't know why that's funny. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like the kind of funny that I had to go back to that to (laughs) to say this, but it made me actually laugh out loud. So I had to mention it and I couldn't let it go. (laughs) Hey, if Kokomo is in Kansas, anything is possible. (laughs) Maybe there is a four in Arizona. Who knows? (sighs) Hey, there's a four in Georgia. There is. That's true. I actually knew that one. Why? I don't know. Uh, anyway but yes uh is it cedric cedric i feel like they have accents and it's hard for me to tell but i'm gonna call him cedric um he is so good in this and i love that character lots he's not my favorite character but he should have been probably (laughs) but he goes to basically spy on kevin and find out information and kevin is walking around in the hotel room and says 
sick. I believe that's in the hotel room when he says that, when he sees all of everything that they have in the hotel room for him. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to that was, oh, remember when sick did it like it meant something totally different than what it means nowadays. Like the word has changed. I feel like the word sick has probably changed definition most of all of the words in the vocabulary. Like <laughs> it has changed meaning at least three times, maybe four times. And I, I enjoyed that because I wouldn't have remembered that if it wasn't for a 90s movie. But yeah, he's trying to like see the name or like peek through the backpack, I think, is what he's trying to do to figure out what he can about Kevin and gets caught doing it, which is just great because mm. he's 10 for fuck's sake. He's 10. <laughs> well, and he at least gets enough to see the name on the tag. And for some reason, when he sees the name on the tag, he still doesn't report that. Mm. No. Well. Why? Like, why was he chosen to be the first in the spy on this kid? He oh, also... He was the bellman. That's true. He's the only one that could have in that moment. He also expects to be tipped by a 10-year-old child, which is just great. Yeah, and the way he does it so subtly by rubbing his fingers <laughs> together like a greedy stereotype is just <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, and, and I enjoy that Kevin gives him a stick of gum. <laughs> A fruit stripe. Oh, how I miss thee. <laughs> but of course, later on, mm-hmm. it the tipping comes back. Oh, I love it. He brings Kevin's starched underwear to him. Mm-hmm. And when Kevin offers him a tip, he says, no, I've still got some tip left over. And pulls his gum out of his mouth <laughs> with his gloved hand Ew. like a psychopath. <laughs> like a psychopath. Nobody does that. It's going to stick to his gloves. (laughs) That was such a minor thing. Of course, you had a problem with it. He's a monster. He's okay. At which point, Kevin takes out a wad of 50s and says, no tip? Okay. (laughs) While Cedric goes, no, 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 no. Perfect. It really was. I love what a little shit Kevin is because he knew exactly what he was doing. Well, well, one of the most infamous lines also happens in this movie, and it's not even, it's it's the movie within the movie. Um, Angels with Filthy Souls and its sequel, Angels with Even Filthier Souls. <laughs> are those actual, they're real movies, right? They're not real movies. They're not? They were filmed in just to be in this movie. Oh my god, I love that even more now. I... I know nothing about old movies like that, so it easily could have been a real movie that existed, or they could have been real movies that existed. And I love that it wasn't. I love that they made it for this movie. But Merry Christmas, you filthy animal is the best line to ever come from a movie, I think. Oh, I would. Fight me on it. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. You can say it every year. You can just every year say Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. You can say it by changing Merry Christmas to anything and then adding you filthy animal at the end. And it still works. Happy Hanukkah, you filthy animal. (laughs) See, I told you. Happy Easter, you filthy animal. Literally anything. Happy birthday, you filthy animal. You see, You you can do it all throughout the year. See, best quote that's ever come from a movie. And 
around then is when Kevin starts to be sentimental for his family. He's eating his giant ice cream and he pulls out his father's wallet and there's a photo of his family in it. Mm. And what I find awful about that, Mm. the photo that makes him nostalgic for his family still includes Buzz picking on him. Yeah. The parents can't make him stop for a photograph. Nope. And they still don't take Kevin's side in anything ever. They're just like, well, Buzz is a bully. We're going to let Buzz be a bully and get away with it. And we're going to punish. Like, okay, they. I don't know what their punishment for Buzz was going to be. He apologized. That was it. I don't see that there was any other punishment, you know. But then they punish Kevin for not apologizing. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Mm. Like, it'd be different if they didn't know that Buzz was a bully, you know, if he was at all subtle about it. But clearly he is not. He is constantly, openly a bully. He is, and Mm. it's not okay. No. Also not okay, Hector's sneaking into Kevin's room at night to try and spy on him, (laughs) though the cool jerk recording comes back in a really amazing way. (laughs) Um, this man buys an inflatable pool toy <laughs> being pulled. I understand the Wet Bandits buying it in uh-huh. the first movie because they were far enough away to where it might come off as reasonable and the things that he were using, mm-hmm. or was using, were human-shaped. Yeah, they were. This inflatable pool toy <laughs> is not human-shaped at all. No. And he's way too close for this to have worked. It's still real funny. <laughs> Yep. Well, okay, he, what is it with people walking on, in on people in the shower? Like, the shower is clearly on, and he still opens up the door. It's like, that's never okay. This is a guest at your hotel. Maybe it was the kid. Wh- what were you thinking? Like, he, well, he expected to go in there and that the kid was going to be in there only, right? Alone. And the shower wasn't actually on. But even if the shower wasn't on, what are you going to do? Burst it on the kid taking a dump? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you never walk in on somebody in the bathroom. Just never do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was hilarious, though. I like that they, like, it made sense why they had the scene earlier that I had such a big problem with, with Uncle Frank in the shower. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Hector is really just not at all concerned with why this child is on his own and even had a need to steal a credit card and do all this shit. He's just like, I'm going to I'm going to prove it. I'm going to be the one that catches you and I'm going to be the one that calls the cops and I'm so much that I'm going to sneak into your hotel room so that I can prove it. It's like, what do you I really want to know what he was getting out of it. I feel like it was the same Harry and Marv thing where it's like, I'm not going to get outsmarted by this child. Yeah. I'm an adult man. Uh, yay, adults. But <laughs> his Grinch smile uh, was, it's like the epitome scene of this movie for me. When I think about this movie, that shot is it. Oh, <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah. He has such a face. I, I didn't yes, have a word for it. He has such a face. <laughs> um, After that all happens, he decides he has to apologize to Kevin by, you know, getting him a limousine and a cheese pizza. <laughs> yep. 
and sending him to Mr. Duncan's toy store. Um, Mr. Duncan is a wonderful man, and I adore him. I love him so much. I wanted to hug him. And I feel like he and Kevin had really good chemistry, and the mutual kindness was really great between them. Mm-hmm. The way that he was like, oh, well, Mr. Duncan gives all this money to charity. And Kevin was like, oh, that's nice of him. Here, take my $50. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Which is adorable. Yeah. But then Duncan tells him to pick out any ornament on his tree in return. And Kevin says, for free? It's like, oh, dude, you paid 50 <laughs> You paid 50 for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's a kid. He doesn't get it. <laughs> but yeah. it was sweet. And the, and the little turtle dove thing was cute. And how it comes back later in the film was cute too it really was but see there are good adults in the movie that one and then maybe one other (laughs) maybe we'll see (laughs) yeah um Uh, yeah but he i love that kevin is in he has all this money and a credit card and he's in this toy store and he buys like two things and i love that because usually children in a toy store would be running around grabbing as many things as they possibly could because, you know, they're greedy little shits in a toy store. But he gets, like, two little things, and I love that. Well, every kid that was in that toy store when they did the filming was given one toy of their choice for free. And Aww, I love that. that in addition cute. to being paid. That's awesome. Aw. <laughs> I like I love Mr. Duncan even more. I know that has nothing to do with Mr. Duncan, no. but <laughs> but he would have done it. Damn it, you know he would have. <laughs> he would have. Um, this is when Kevin and Harry and Marv run into each other again. Oh, yep. And Harry thought he had seen him earlier, and then just kind of brushed it off. Mm-hmm. But. The way that Harry says, hi, a pal, and Kevin just looks dead terrified is so perfect. It really is. And I even loved the chase scene on the street because it showed that Kevin was clever on his feet and not just in the pre-planning stages. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie went out of its way to prove that multiple times, that it wasn't just like, oh, he can do traps. It's he can think in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it... Like, I don't know what they were thinking, that they were just going to be out in broad daylight, you know, in one of the busiest cities in the world, and that they were just going to grab this kid. And I, I'm guessing it was more that they weren't thinking, A, because they're idiots, and B, because they've waited, what, nine months? Is that how long they were in prison, I believe? For this moment. You know, at least Harry has been. Marv hasn't been. But you know Harry has been. We had talked about it with the last one. He has the letter M in his skin for the rest of his life. So you know he was staring at it while in prison. Like, I can't wait to get out of here to get that little shit. Which is even more perfect because later on when Kevin is running away from the hotel staff and will get there, Mm -hmm. when he basically runs straight into Harry and Marv and Harry reaches out to him with the letter M on his hand. Yeah. So perfect. So good. (laughs) But what made this so great from this moment, mm-hmm. like Kevin was already out of his comfort zone in New York. And after the hotel staff had basically confronted him about the stolen credit card, mm-hmm. he felt like he couldn't go to the police at all. Yeah. Because, you know, 
he's a criminal now. And I think that's what they were going for in the first movie about the toothbrush, but it actually makes sense here. Yeah. So he's out of his comfort zone and he feels unsafe and Harry and Marv want to kill him immediately, which makes the stakes feel so high. Yeah. It like, okay. I haven't ever been to New York, but from what I've heard about New York, it literally is one of those places where as an adult, you don't want to be on the streets by yourself. You know, like it's just scary. There's just so many people constantly that you are always afraid. So to have all of those additional things and he's 10, it really is kind of a surprise that you're, or not like a kind of a surprise. It is a surprise that you're sitting there going, okay, this 10 year old is fine and is surviving on his own. And yes, he's scared and he do, he knows he can't, he's thinking anyway that he can't go to the police. But the fact that he's able to survive and like, okay, granted, when he is ex- escaping from the hotel room, he grabs, three, I think, three cookies is what it is. And I mean, that could have been a little better planned because I'm sure there were like chips and stuff in there too. But just empty the whole mini bar. What are yeah. you thinking you're saving it for? Exactly. But like, so yeah, he's not that good at that kind of planning, but he even grabs, he thinks to grab food, you know, like that's, that's a big deal. So it makes me wonder what has happened in the past year to this child that has made him go from, like you were saying, can't pack his own suitcase to can take care of himself in fucking New York City on the streets. <laughs> I don't want to know. I feel bad yeah. for him enough already. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy, though, that Marv does what Marv does and tells Kevin their entire plan. It's the worst. It's... <laughs> It's my favorite. So I love good. Marv so much. <laughs> He's such an idiot. Uh-huh. Ugh. But they, uh, he gets back to the hotel and tries to get help from Hector, but Hector is already pissed off about his stolen credit card, so he mm-hmm. steals the credit card from him. Mm-hmm. And I think most of his money, because that envelope had most of his money in it. Yeah. And... He definitely gets reprimanded and possibly fired for that, right? Because you're never allowed to confront someone directly for credit card fraud. You call the police and then the police come and do it. Yeah, I would hope so. There's a lot actually in this movie that I hope people get reprimanded for, but that's definitely the big one. (laughs) But of course, he brings them upstairs for his angels with even filthier souls (laughs) moment. Yep. Where... He gets the hotel staff to get on their knees and say, tell him they love him. <laughs> and it had to be Tim Curry. It's so perfect. <laughs> it's so good. And that also that poor man, I can't remember what his name was, but when they're t- when the like film is saying you've been smooching everybody and like starts listing off all these names of people and that old man who's part of the staff he's like what no it's not true because they're all I love that they're giving him such dirty looks when they didn't give um Hector dirty looks like that when it was supposed to be Hector who was the one smooching everybody you know it was so funny that whole scene like that's one of the most memorable scenes of this movie for me it's definitely iconic, but I also find it funny that Kevin thinks he's committed credit card fraud and there are two murderers after him, but he still takes the time to stop for the Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. 
and to come back uh-huh. for a second round of Happy New Year. Like, time is of the essence, man. <laughs> yeah, but you can't not have some fun along the way. Come on. <laughs> Man, I I do enjoy, though, that it becomes for Kevin a bigger thing than just survival after that, because he knows what these two idiots, Harry and Marv, are planning to do with Mr. Duncan's store. And he doesn't want them taking the, the, um, the donations to the children's hospital away from those kids. I think it's less realistic than the first for those reasons, but mm. it also makes me enjoy it more because it feels like, oh no, some rich person is having their house burgled versus, oh, these people actually need this money yeah. and it's for someone else and not just his own needs. Yeah. And he's a sweeter child in this one. Later on, he is walking through the streets and he walks by the children's hospital and a kid waves at him through the window and he sadly waves back and it's so sweet. And it is. And have feelings. Aww, and you never have feelings when it comes to kids. I know. <laughs> Usually I'm just like, oh, they should just do it and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Oh god. I guess you're not donating to any children's hospitals this year. Uh, no. uh maybe the way we should do that though is to have rich people stop having five kids that they can't keep track of. Six. I don't six. they have six. I don't know. I don't know who's who's which like which one's which couple's kids. I don't no idea. know. They Whatever it is, more than they can take care of, no matter how many there are. <laughs> yeah, there could have just been Kevin, and it still would have been too many to take care of. Um, are we at the part where we meet Pigeon Lady yet? We are, and why don't you start? I because okay, this is what I wanted to start with. It was the same for me as like um, my memory, as far as my memory goes. She was the same kind of experience in my mind as the old man was. Old, oh, shoot, I don't remember his name. But anyway, Marley, Marley thank you, old man Marley. Um, in my mind, it was same sad type of a story, um, misunderstood person, that kind of a thing. Oh. Okay, and it kind of was. She is a totally misunderstood person because, you know, yes, she might be a little bit crazy because she's covered in pigeons, but she's like feeding them. It's cute. It's not, I, I don't have a problem with that part of it. My issue is that her sad story is fucking pathetic. Somebody dumped her, and so now she's living on the streets, basically, and just is like, I'm afraid to love now. My heart was broke. It's like, why'd you have to do that to the woman? Why? Why? Why did it have to be about a man? Couldn't she have had a better story? Like, maybe something happened to her family. Maybe she did have kids or something. You know, like, give her a better story than that. It made me sad. He whoever he was dumped her and she had a complete and total mental breakdown and now she lives on the streets covered in pigeon shit. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what happens to a woman. If a man dumps her, clearly, we can't handle that. We must live on the streets with the birds. Um, 
is my problem with her. Okay. I feel like with old man Marley and Kevin, everything that happened with them felt really organic. And I felt like in their conversation, he brought out the best in Kevin and Kevin brought out the best in him. Mm -hmm. I feel like she was put in this movie to just be the new old man Marley, but it didn't feel as natural it felt very forced yeah. and her relationship with kevin was weirdly stilted especially if you compare it to his relationship with mr duncan which felt really natural and easy yeah i don't think their conversation went anywhere it was eight minutes of this movie that i just could have <laughs> saved i think the movie could have found a way to have him get saved by duncan or better yet his mom mm -hmm. and we could have just shaved off the bird lady entirely and had a better movie because i don't think i don't think she did anything egregious and as i always say it's never the actor's fault unless i say it's the actor's fault <laughs> i don't think it's her fault she's a, probably a lovely woman and i don't think she did anything wrong yeah but she felt so shoehorned in Mm -hmm. Because they wanted to have the same, like, old person that they had in the last one that he had a special connection with. But they didn't bother to build the special connection. They were just like, oh, well, you're nice. <laughs> the so, end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, like, they could have given her a better story. There could have been more there. Or they could have just, like, I think they were trying to go for the scared of an old person storyline. Because if they were going for the, okay, there's got to be an old person that he has a connection with, like you said, it could have just been Mr. Duncan. And they didn't go with that. Well, yeah, but they wanted it to be exactly the same. Be scared yeah. of an old person and then that person turns around and saves him at the end because that's what they did in the first movie. Yeah. But this one didn't work the same way that Marley worked. And I feel like this movie was too long to put in an extra character that didn't bring anything. I agree. I think I really liked her as a kid, probably because I loved animals and she was, you know, covered in animals. So for me, it was just like, oh, I want to be a pigeon lady someday. Um, I was a weird child. But anyway, but like, I didn't remember her story. And so in my head as a child, it was a bigger deal. And it was more important than it actually was. It's like they realized at the end, like, oh, we should have an old person that he's scared of again in this movie. Throw in the pigeon lady. Why not? Let's make her the person that saves his life. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have enough time to actually build anything there. They did make mm -hmm. Kevin very sweet and very wise in his conversations with her and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't necessary. And it didn't feel earned the way it did in the first movie. Yeah, I agree. I do like that. Think... Go ahead. I think because in the first movie they had so many fewer characters... They didn't have secondary antagonists. It was just old man Marley. But in this one, they have her, who is the old man Marley. But they also have Duncan and the entire hotel staff. Mm -hmm. And Harry and Marv have to be added in earlier. And there's more parents and longer set up with the family. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot going many on. many people. Mm -hmm. But it did give me one of my favorite quotes. Not like of the movie, but like just a sweet that he says he says I won't forget to remember you and I don't know why I thought that was cute but I thought it was really cute like it's a cute oh. thing to say yeah I know I'm disgusting and anytime <laughs> did you just like emoji me out loud well I did it with my hand but no one can see it <laughs> I can see it 
dun dun dun. Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, she was, it, it didn't, there was no need for her to be there, but I didn't have a problem with her. It wasn't like, I hate you, you shouldn't be in it. <laughs> hmm. Um, uh, I think this is about the time that they, I think anyway, that they start to realize like, oh, he's in New York, right? Because they've found the credit card and they've reported it as stolen. It is. And I love that in the first movie, they were all miserably sitting around a hotel room watching It's a Wonderful Life in French. Mm -hmm. And they get to Florida and the weather is shitty and Kevin's gone. So they're all sitting around watching It's a Wonderful Life in Spanish. Well, why was it in Spanish? That was my confusion. I was like, did it have to be another language? Like, I didn't get why. Maybe there's a lot. Are there a lot of Spanish speaking people in Florida? I don't know. <laughs> but There are, okay. but I guess they just didn't want to pay for the premium channels. <laughs> That makes just like you've got how many people stuck in that room rent them a movie yeah in english yeah <laughs> oh. but it's not about having a good time okay they're worried about their child kind yeah, of finally they're worried about their one child and completely ignoring all their other children yeah <laughs> so you know par for the course with that family but they finally get back to new york to try and find kevin because apparently they can get a flight on christmas eve from florida to new yep. york for like 14 13 people yep yeah because you know in the first movie everything they said about how all the flights are booked everywhere there's no flights available at all means nothing now just pretend we didn't say that that was a year ago things are different now we need this <laughs> And the Plaza Hotel has given them a free suite because, you know, it's their fault that things got bungled so badly with their child. Okay. And no, though, it was not. I mean, granted. Okay, they handled that situation poorly. They did, that yeah. That situation was their fault. Yes, you're right. That situation specifically was. But I was so pissed at Kate again. And this, this is when I started to realize she's the character I hate most. Do you have the quote? I don't. Go ahead. It's Christmas Eve, and because of you, our child is lost in one of the biggest cities in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to slap her. I wanted so much for someone, anyone, to slap her. And then somebody does get slapped, and it's not her. She slaps Hector. I'm sorry. You can't just go around slapping people, first of all. Second of all, bitch, it's your child, and you didn't even know where the fuck he was. Like, no. What's your problem? In the 90s, women could slap whoever they want to. That's a good point, because there's that lady yeah. on the street who, who slaps Marv multiple times. Well, there's sexual assault there, so that's different. The second time there is, but the first time? I think, I mean, okay, maybe it was because she thought he was trying to steal her purse. And we're getting totally mm -hmm. sidetracked here, but um, she probably thought that. But, like, he rips his hands off of her purse and is clearly not trying to steal it. And she slaps him anyway, and it's totally fine. And I'm like, like, he didn't actually take your purse. He didn't take anything from you. And clearly he wasn't attempting to. Just walk away. You don't have to slap him. Why, do, why does everybody always love a slap in a movie? I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like the problem with... Kate slapping Hector is this happened in the last movie too 
where mm. someone didn't help properly after their gigantic negligent fuck up. Mm-hmm. So then Peter and Kate just shift all blame for leaving Kevin off of themselves and onto somebody else who did something wrong. Yep. So they take no personal responsibility for losing him and ultimately learn nothing because it's not their fault, it's Hector's fault. Yeah, it's always someone else's fault. Because she's just a worried mother and he's just a worried father now. That's all they are. This is not their fault. This, this kind of thing happens, you see. When you've got 8,000 children, it just it just happens. It, you can't expect them to be good parents. <laughs> They're rich. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, that was that was, I think, the moment where I went, she's the worst character in this movie by far. She is, and I can't stand her character at all. And mm. It's the performativity of it, though, where it's like she's never that interested in or caring for Kevin when Kevin's okay. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, my baby, I love him so much. Yeah. But you know, if you were standing next to her, she'd be rolling her eyes going, oh my god, please shut up. <laughs> yep. Uh. No, Mother of the Year award. Because she, she, mm. she decides that she's going to go out on the streets to look for him. So, that's And something. she says, oh, the way I'm feeling, no thief or mugger, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh, honey, welcome to New York and your expensive ass clothes. <laughs> and yeah. your probably rich person full ass pocketbook. Mm-hmm. There's no way you end this night with everything you left with and your personal autonomy. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. If this was an at all realistic movie, she would have gotten mugged and possibly worse. Yes. (laughs) But it's Home Alone 2, and so that does not happen. (laughs) Yeah, and we're going to leave her running through the city looking for her baby. (laughs) While Kevin is about to put his own safety on the line, because the bird lady, probably thinking that he was just going to apologize to his family or something, mm-hmm. tells him to do go out and do the biggest, best deed he can possibly think of, <laughs> and yep. not realizing that that has different connotations for him than it does for most normal people. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate when he writes the letter to Mr. Duncan and attaches it to the rock that he's about to throw through the window, he has one last moment where he has to stop and think about it, even after he's set up all of his traps. Like, yeah. all right, another Christmas in the trenches if I do this. And yep. he just kind of waits that one moment and just like, okay. Yeah. Like, it felt more real, like that he it was like he was realizing like up until that point he was so busy preparing that he didn't think about it and didn't realize it probably and in that moment it was just like well this is happening yeah like i could just go back to my uncle's place and go to sleep and yeah they'd be gone. yeah but no but it was completely a selfless move it was yeah and i enjoy a couple of things. One being that his operation that he is planning and this map that he's drawn out is called Operation Ho Ho Ho. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that he shows up and then like he he throws a brick through the the um, window or whatever. And then when they realize that it's him, he says he takes a picture. He says, "Hey guys, smile." And Marv does. He pauses. He smiles and he like poses for it. 
Okay. I know that this is a little bit of a spoiler. They get caught again at the end. Yeah, of course. I get the feeling that Marv absolutely writes to Kevin from prison and says, (laughs) hey, can I use that picture on my book? (laughs) Oh, it's great. Yeah. I enjoy that he's concerned with how his hair looks and posing properly and probably wants to tell Harry, like, come on, pose, smile for the camera. This is going to be great for us someday. (laughs) He's the best idiot ever. Yeah. (sighs) I loved, they chased him back to his Uncle Rob's house and he starts throwing bricks off the ceiling. Yeah. And it's not creative, but it's so funny. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Okay, but before that, Harry tells him to throw the camera and that they'll leave him alone. First of all, you know this kid by now. You know that's not going to work. You know this is a trick. But second of all, it's a Polaroid camera where the picture comes out immediately. Why do you want the camera? It's the Good point. photo, though. <laughs> like, yeah, I just I had a moment where I was just like, this makes no sense. <laughs> I actually kind of loved this movie in general, though, because Mm. from that moment, they are sitting there going, no, we can't underestimate this kid. We've done that before and it screwed us over. Mm. We have to be like thinking one step ahead of him. Mm. And it brought a lot to this trap scene Mm. that the original didn't have. I don't think it would have worked out as well if they were both still just like, oh, ha ha, dumb kindergartner. (laughs) Yeah, no. The fact that they're sitting there trying to think a step ahead of him but he's thinking a step ahead of the step they're thinking yeah yeah like testing the door handles before putting your hand (laughs) and being careful with light switches i do enjoy that they're in here trying to like find a kid and they're worried like harry is anyway worried about turning on every single light along the way it's like it's not that dark dude like it's fine are you afraid of the dark what's going on here (laughs) And after Marv gets hit by about four to five bricks, <laughs> yep. he's just got this like broken jaw face and he stands up and starts stumbling around like a drunkard <laughs> and yep. saying Harry's name in the highest pitched, like ball kicked voice in the world. <laughs> I the love acting. Oh my gosh, the acting is yes. so good. I also, I know it's stupid and I can't explain why I enjoy it, but I enjoy every single cartoon sound effect we get, especially with Marv. I'm sure it happens to other people too, but it happens a lot with Marv and his movements and the things that happen to him. And I found it so hilarious. Sometimes that kind of thing is just like, okay, that was stupid. Why would you do a cartoon sound effect? But it made me laugh every time for some reason. (laughs) I did hate that when he got electrocuted, it did like a skeleton effect. I thought that was... That was dumb. Yeah, I agree. There were a lot of good um, pranks or whatever. I feel like prank is such an understatement for what these are, but traps. It's a trap. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's... There's so many good ones. I mean, when... Uh, Marv finally gets to the front step and opens the door and he's all proud of himself and walks in and then falls down. I don't even know how many floors it is. I think it might just be that one floor, but he falls down through the hole. And I love that when he gets up, he looks up at the hole and says, wow, what a hole. (laughs) What is that reaction? You just fell down that hole. I don't think, wow, what a hole is proper there. (laughs) 
but I will say special. Mm-hmm. My favorite one. Mm-hmm. And I got so excited in the last review when you said the paint cans on the stairs were your favorite trap because I remember this one and (laughs) it was my favorite moment overall in both of the movies. Oh, cool. (laughs) Especially because at the beginning, Harry and Marv think they've outsmarted Kevin (laughs) and they're like making fun of him. Because yep. he's throwing the paint cans just like he did last time. And they're like, oh, he's stupid. Don't worry. I'll get him. And <laughs> pretending to run up the stairs. And they yeah. think they've got it. And mm-hmm. he throws a pipe, hits them in the front of the head, and then knocks them back of the head into the paint cans and throws them <laughs> back down into the basement. And when you said the stairs thing was your favorite thing last time, I'm just like, yes, I can't wait for you to watch this movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> And I didn't remember it until basically we were getting to that scene. And then went like before it started happening, I'm like, oh yeah, these idiots. I love this shit. And yes, that was one of my favorite ones too. I think the other one I really enjoyed that I didn't remember. I don't know what the green goop is on the floor. It might be paint. I'm not sure. But the stuff that's on the floor that um, Marv slides around in made me laugh because he puts one hand on his like chest area and one hand up like he's dancing and just moves around so stupidly funnily and then finally loses his balance slides and then hits the shelf of paint (laughs) like the paint buckets and they fall on him that was a very close second for me I don't know why but I I think every time he did any physical comedy was my favorite thing in the movie yeah, he is particularly great in this one. Yeah, but the paint I buckets think one Harry of the stairs was were the best. A little bit, they mm-hmm. were. Harry was a little bit more Yosemite Sam in this one than he was <laughs> last time with the resin, resin, <laughs> and it was a little too much. But yeah, it wasn't it was, that bad. It was a little too much as an adult, but I loved it as a kid. I think I enjoyed. Like, I think it was better. I can't remember for sure, but I'm imagining that little me because I know I loved that whole thing, probably loved so much that they overdid it in this one, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll say my least favorite trap was the tool chest rolling down the stairs. Mm. Not only yeah. was it kind of lame, but it made Harry and Marv look way dumber than we were led to believe they were. Because yeah. this whole time, they've been trying to think one step ahead of him, but they're just standing there with their ear to the door going, what's that noise that sounds like it's coming straight for us <laughs> from the murder child? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it was pulled down by a rope doorknob, but they had already done a rope doorknob trick with Marv yeah. and the stapler, and that was way better. So this one just kind of felt like they felt like they needed one more thing and were just retreading. Yeah. I think the only good thing about that one was that uh, Harry says, what's that sound? And then when they're pressed up against the wall, uh, Marv says that sound was that it was a tool chest, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that Harry's not, not that that Marv says it, but that Harry's reaction is, oh, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) like I constantly in this movie was like, I thought Harry was the smart one. What the hell? I also didn't. There were some repeat things in this movie that I thought worked really well, like we said about the the paint can thing. But um, Harry's head gets caught on fire again when he walks into, I don't know, bathroom area. Um, And I didn't think it was as funny this time. I don't know why. I think the funny thing about it the first time was that he like 
dives headfirst into the snow. Um, in this one, he dives headfirst into uh, a toilet, a disgusting toilet. And so I thought that was less funny. But also, um, I didn't understand what happened to the house, why there was a bunch of smoke that came into oh, the house. Kevin when had he did poured that. gasoline into the toilet. So when he put his head oh. into the toilet, there was an explosion because his head was on fire. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even get that. I, I guess I forgot that he had done that. But I also, just like in my head, I was just like, why did that, that wouldn't happen. Why would that happen? But it just, it wasn't as funny as the other, I was gonna say prank again, traps were. I did love that when they, when Kevin had already gotten down and they were contemplating coming down the roof, Mm -hmm. Marv yells, suck brick kid and tries to throw a brick at him. Uh It would have been hilarious if that had worked because it clearly wasn't something Kevin had anticipated. Yeah. (laughs) I would have liked that way better than him just falling on the ice later. Yeah. Because not only would it have given the wet bandits, aka sticky bandits, a little (laughs) bit more autonomy in their own success, Mm -hmm. but it also would have made him feel a little tougher. Because, like, Harry and Marv are just fine after being blown up and electrocuted and falling off of things, but Kevin falls on the ice one fucking time and it's game (laughs) over. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't get why that's what they went with. There were... There, there could have been many other opportunities, and that was kind of a lame one. I do enjoy what a little demon child he is, though, because as he's going down the rope, he yells up at them, nice night, or once he's already down, he yells up at them, nice night for a neck injury, which was yeah. great. Um, I also enjoy that Marv is sadistic as shit in this, too, because he says, I hope your parents got you a tombstone for Christmas. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, but also, uh, going back to Marv's physical comedy, I guess the actor's physical comedy, when Kevin asks, do you guys give up? Have you had enough pain? Marv says, never! And then, like, puts his hands on his hips and does, like, a superhero pose. <laughs> and I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. It was. It was so good. <laughs> it's around this time, though, that I start to wonder, is the photo evidence really that big a deal? Hmm. Because, I mean, Harry and Marv's escape from prison already made the papers. Their photos are circulated. Mm. They're holding a bag of money. Yeah. Like, why not just dye your hair, move to Nebraska, and lay low for a while? Wasn't their plan to just leave the country anyway or to, like, move somewhere anyway? It's just like, yeah, so do that. Go on with your plan. What's wrong with you? Yeah, run in the opposite direction. Go now. Go fast. Because this kid... Like, I don't think Harry could live without getting Kevin. He says, no. I, I don't care if it gets me the electric chair, or he says the chair. Um, I'm going to get this kid, or I'm going to kill this kid, or something like that. So he has to. Like, he has to do this. Otherwise, he cannot have a life. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that when they get to the park and Harry's gun is jammed with whatever that goo is. Marv mm-hmm. is the one that's like, we should get out of here. Something's wrong. Like, yeah. he's an idiot, but there, yeah. he knew there was something wrong with those fucking birds. Yep, he did. Uh, I 
Kind of. I had a moment where I remembered the like bird feather thing that happens in the first one with the bird seed thing that happens in this one. And I thought that was kind of cool because it wasn't the same thing, but it was similar, you know? So I'm glad that they at least changed it up and made it like they can't all be exact repeats. No. <laughs> and it worked. Well, they were dressed like chickens by the end anyway. <laughs> oh, when they. A couple of things. When they get caught, and Marv, again, is being idiot, Marv. Oh, and they got caught because of fireworks, right? I thought that was that was a very dangerous but clever way to get the police where they needed to be. So well and done, to Kevin. Burn the whole park down. Exactly. But He's 10, before, though. He doesn't know better. <laughs> before the police show up, I actually feel bad for Harry. Because Hmm. he says, I never made it to the sixth grade, buddy, and it doesn't look like you're gonna either. And it's just like, man, now, like, (laughs) it brings up the thing of, like, did these people really need their VCRs with this kid who, for some reason, couldn't go to the sixth grade and has (laughs) had this life of crime really (laughs) deserves all of this shit? Oh, don't feel bad for the bad guys. I feel worse for him (laughs) than I do for Kate and Peter. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Frank. Yep. And so it's just one of those things where it's like they started out the first movie trying to rob filthy rich people's empty houses. Mm -hmm. And they have been systematically tortured through all of this. (laughs) They didn't have a chance in life, did they? No, but you know what? If if maybe if Kevin's family continues to be assholes to him, he'll stop being the sweet kid that he is who thinks about everybody and and anybody who needs help and can like meet up with Harry and Marv and get on their side and be like, yeah, let's steal some fucking money. I'm going to plan everything out. You guys are morons. I'll plan it. We're going to do this. Oh, they'll do a wild thing where he is, like, coordinating with them to steal his own family's money. I haven't seen wild things, but yes, basically that, yes. And not exactly, like, <laughs> wild things because way less sex. And less sex. <laughs> I'm like, look at old enough now, so maybe more sex. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, Macaulay Culkin, if, Polk, if you're listening. <laughs> you know, he's on it now. If he's listening to this podcast, he's like, perfect. I've been waiting for this opportunity for so long. oh wow that went a different way than i was planning on it going when i started that conversation um i'm gonna go back to the whole marv being an idiot thing (laughs) um he basically says that if this makes the papers that they're no longer the wet bandits that they are the sticky bandits and he tries to spell sticky and he can't and what i love is that harry is so pissed at him because he continually is like even though they're caught, he's telling them way more than they need to know. Um, and so when, like, when he starts, Marv starts to spell sticky, he says S, T, uh, and then Harry just gives up and continues. Like, he tells him that it's I next. And it was so good because it goes back to them and their friendship where Harry, like, he's just like, oh, you're an idiot anyway. Why am I even bothering? The next letter is I. Just continue spelling your stupid word. Yeah, and I fully believe that, I mean, the entire rest of the series, notwithstanding, because I don't count those as canon. Mm. Um, <laughs> I believe that Harry would not escape prison again without Marv, no matter how much no. Marv is the reason that he gets caught every yeah. time. Yeah. 
Oh, who knows? Maybe Harry will realize that life in prison isn't so bad compared to what happens to them if they escape prison and run into Kevin again. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, there yeah. are 10 minutes of movie after Harry and Marv get captured, and that is too much movie. Okay, let me, I think this might be before they get captured. I can't remember the timeline exactly because it's like things that are happening simultaneously, I guess. Um, When Kate goes to the, where she's running around on the streets and then she goes to the cop car and it's like, have you seen this? You know, I'm looking for my kid. Have you seen him? And they're like, oh, have you reported it? She says, yes, of course. And they're like, okay, well then trust us. We'll find him. He's saying what he's supposed to say as a cop. Like, there's nothing else he can say to you. You've reported it. It isn't his job to do. Somebody else is on it. And you are just going around asking people on the street if they've seen your child. So why does she go into this big speech of, wait, do you have children? What would you do if you were me? They didn't tell you to go home. Go keep walking around the streets and show more people the picture of your kid. Maybe somebody has seen him. Why did she feel like she, it's like she was like, no, you must help me. This must happen now. And it was like so uh, rich person privilege bullshit again from her that it was just more of what I hated about her because it didn't make any sense. If you're panicking and you're trying to see if anybody on the streets has seen your child, don't get stuck talking to one person. He didn't tell you to go home. I feel Mm -hmm. like she was one step away from saying, I pay your salary. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, but what do you want him to do? You lost your child. Well, and the thing with that is running around the streets wasn't going to help anybody because no one was talking to her. Nobody was helping. Nobody had seen him. Yeah. And I kind of gave her slack in the first movie because I feel like she did everything she could to find him and to make it right. But it seems so performative in this. Yeah. Like, she just wants people to see her looking for her baby. Yeah, exactly. That scene especially makes it more, like, gives more proof of that that's what it was. Because she's not looking for her baby. She's standing here talking to a cop. Yeah, and it's so performative. Yep. Like, she just wants other people to know she's looking for Kevin, but she doesn't actually care about Kevin. No. And, mm. I mean, while we're on the subject, Kevin's nostalgia for his family kind of feels performative, too. Because mm-hmm. in the first movie, it made sense because he felt like he made them disappear. So mm. he thought that he was never going to see them again, that they were dead. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And especially now that we know that they made no changes at all between movies and he knows they're fine, they're just somewhere else. Mm-hmm. His big, like, I want to see my mommy again thing at the Christmas tree felt like it didn't feel earned and it didn't feel set up. Yeah, I I think it was more like, well, I, I don't have any money. I don't have the credit card anymore. I have nobody. I have nowhere to live anymore. Okay, I want my mommy back so that I can have a house again. <laughs> I th- I don't think it was I actually love my mom and I miss her or whatever. It was just I need to get back home because yeah, otherwise sure. I'm stuck on the streets. But yeah, I I agree. It it was very performative. I I think it was. It's that kind of thing that people will do, and not just even kids, but people will do that thing of like, 
oh, like, okay, this is an awful thing for me to say because it's religion related, but like the fake praying of God, I've never asked you for anything, but please this one. It's like, okay, no, you ask God for something every time something goes wrong in your life. Shut the fuck up. You know, that's what it felt like. But I also understand it a because he's 10 and B because he's literally left on the streets. There's nowhere for him to go. And you know, he's running out of that very little money that he might have had left with him after Hector stole (laughs) money from him. Like, okay, Kevin took the money from his dad by accident. Hector stole the money from the kid. Yeah. (laughs) And it it just felt unearned and I felt no feelings about it. Yeah. I wanted him to have somebody take him to children's services and get him a nice new family who will actually give a shit about him. That's what I wanted for the ending. (laughs) If they had done what I would have wanted them to do and cut the bird lady out entirely and had Kate find him in the park and save him, Mm -hmm. then I would have felt like something was earned and it just wasn't. Yeah, I agree. That would have been way better. But of course, they're all reunited at the fanciest hotel in the world that they're staying at for free. Uh And they wake up in the morning and Fuller, the younger cousin, is still wetting the bed. And I know it's a callback (laughs) to the previous movie, but Uh wetting the bed past a certain age is a signifier of abuse in kids. And given what his dad is like and that he seems way too old for that, I'm a little worried. Uh, I'm worried for every kid in this family, honestly. The older ones are just a little bit more okay than the others because they're older. That's it. The little ones are all fucked. (laughs) And I loved Kevin's note to Mr. Duncan and how touched Mr. Duncan was at like the the instant karma of I was nice to him so he saved my entire everything. Yeah. And him giving the reward of the presents was also nice. Mm -hmm. And It was a reward for Kevin's good deeds, so it's also like, well, why do you fuckers get to share all of it? You didn't do shit. (laughs) But it's also not super touching. I think I've told you about my whole thing about the ending of uh, Black Panther, of him giving a children's center to like the one of the richest cities in the entire world when he lives in Africa. (laughs) Yep. So a family who lives in a high-end mansion is given an entire suite full of free toys. Yep. And it doesn't hit the heart the way I think they expected it to. Okay, so yeah, there's that. There's also the question of, was this family going to Florida for Christmas without gifts for their kids? Because they made it to Florida. If the if the gifts were there, if let's say they had ordered gifts, and I mean, this was a long time ago, so they hadn't ordered gifts like that, I, I guess. But if even, let's say the gifts were there at the, whose house is it? That they're going to, brother's house? No. No, this is a hotel. Never mind. There was yeah. no, there were no gifts. They didn't even get their kids any gifts. <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, they didn't deserve the gifts. But then also, Buzz... Oh, there's there's a few things I want to say about Buzz, actually. So if no. you were going to say something, go ahead. Before that, though, the mm. gifts are delivered in secret overnight. So this hotel staff <laughs> that is already so wonderful and shitty just lets them into the suite to deliver all the presents. <laughs> and has, the adults have no idea this is happening. and They're no. all very shocked. Yeah. So they just let a bunch of strange delivery <laughs> men into this room. Like, oh, it could have been so Harry and Mar ready to kill them. Yeah. 
This is the worst hotel ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so they all run out there and they're like, oh, look, presents, blah, blah, blah. And they're all ready to like dive in and like start up unwrapping. And Buzz wants to get everybody's attention, but everybody's talking so they can't hear him. So he tries to whistle and he sticks his fingers in his mouth to do so. And he just spits all over the place. And I remember that so well. I don't know why. I just, I cracked up so hard when that happened. It was the dumbest okay. thing. But it was so My funny. question on that is... Oh. Is that what was written in the script, or was he <laughs> and the actor just did that? Like, nope, keep it. That's it. No. I want that to be the truth. I'm gonna go with that. In my mind, it was the actor. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> I love him for it. If that helps. Um, but yeah, so he does that, and then he makes this whole speech about how, you know, whatever, Kevin this, Kevin that, and he should be the one to get to open the pres- first present, and then I'll go, and then the rest of you. And he throws Kevin the present, and then he says, all right, enough of this gooey show of emotion, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they all unwrap their gifts before Kevin. The whole plan was let Kevin open his first and Kevin doesn't even open a present. And then Kevin leaves and nobody fucking notices. You've so, learned nothing. Yeah. So basically Kevin gets no gifts. Cause you know, they're all open by the time he gets back. Hundred percent. You also know that the parents and the uncle and aunt totally took credit for all of this stuff that they didn't buy. Yep. <laughs> and they just keep not learning anything. Please take this child away from their his parents. Please take all I of mean, these children away from their parents. What's the problem? He just managed to get completely out of the hotel and to a different block to hang out with a homeless woman. <laughs> yeah, no problem. A no mentally problem. unstable homeless woman. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. But then and they do notice that he's missing. So nice. Blah, blah. I felt nothing for that either. No. I felt like it was forced emotion. He's never going to think about her again. <laughs> no, he's not. Well, if, if things go my way, he's going to get pissed off at his family and finally go to the dark side. So he's not going to get a chance to think of her. <laughs> but yeah, they finally remember Kevin again at the end, which... um you were bring, you were saying how the tip got brought uh, uh, brought back earlier. It gets brought back again um, because Cedric comes up to deliver the bill for the hotel stay for Kevin's hotel stay, um, and Buzz opens the door and he takes it. And Cedric does the same thing with his finger rub thing for a tip, and Buzz goes oh and takes out the gum from his mouth and places it in his hand. And yeah. Cedric says something about how they're a lovely family or something and walks away. And then the dad, oh, fucking these parents, I swear to God, Peter gets really pissed off that Kevin spent almost $1,000, I think, on just room service. Yes. And this is not the time, asshole. It is literally the next morning after you just found your child who was alone because you were shitty parents. The second year in a row. He could have spent $5,000. A, you have the money. B, shut the fuck up. (laughs) C, you just got probably $10,000 worth of free presents. True. Yeah. And And a free stay. Yeah. Why are they delivering a bill for the time when the credit card was stolen? (laughs) But they're letting them stay there for free now. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, because I don't if, understand why there was a bill. Like, well, because you can't it, charge someone when a when a credit card oh, yeah, is stolen. Yeah, that's true. Or reported stolen. If yeah. you accept that credit card during that time, the charges are immediately reversed. So then they're delivering a bill, even though they're letting them stay for free now. <laughs> that it, seems ill-timed, considering they could sue them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it. I'm guessing the thought process is. Well, it costs less for them to stay in the hotel room for another night than it would for what Kevin did. Which, I don't even know what the hell Kevin did with room service. He had ice cream. Uh, he stole a bunch of stuff from the mini bar. Oh, that's true. He stole, like, three cookies. <laughs> Expensive hotel. Each cookie costs $10 minimum. <laughs> he was there for a few days, so I don't know exactly what he got. Yeah, I'm sure he ate a bunch of food. <laughs> Lots of pizza, I'm imagining, based on the first movie and also the limo. <laughs> True. I love that, but I know that was like way, way long ago in the movie, but I love that the pizza box gets, box gets opened and like steam is coming off of it. Like, did you just cook it right next to you? <laughs> Oh, no, when it's hot and it's very cold and you open something, the steam is very serious. Shit, how would I know that? I've never been anywhere cold. That's not true. I have. From the Northeast. (laughs) Uh, There's also, by the way, my favorite insult of the movie, which was almost my favorite quote, but the tropical climate Christmas thing had to be it. But um, Mm -hmm. Kevin says to, I don't remember which time exactly but to um harry and marv he says i'm over here you big horse's ass and i wasn't expecting it at all and i laughed so loudly like i laughed embarrassingly loudly at that but i want to use that insult so often i would never think to call somebody a big horse's ass Ooh, he said ass (laughs) ha 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 and it was the child who said it (laughs) (laughs) yeah something about it made me laugh too hard (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Are you ready for final ratings? I sure am. Uh, I gave it a 92. Ooh, okay. I feel like it hits a lot of the same plot beats as the first, but it is the superior Home Alone. Mm. It is a little too long. The parents are less sympathetic, and the bird lady didn't hit the same high note as Marley. But Harry and Marv are even better. The entire hotel staff are awful and charming. And I feel like the higher stakes make it a more exciting movie. Yeah, I agree. I didn't give it too uh too much of too what too different a score. I don't know how to word that. I gave it eighty-eight. <laughs> um mm. I didn't remember how long this movie was and as I was watching it I was like okay we don't need all of these extra scenes I didn't need some of the things that were like slow I guess they were maybe kind of plot building stuff but like I didn't need Kate running around on the streets looking for her son I didn't need any of Kate in this movie um but yeah like the the adults were shit um like all of them even the ones that I enjoyed like Hector who I thoroughly enjoyed was a horrible adult person you know Mm. um and yeah the pigeon lady was there was no point to her so there was a lot of just like why did you throw this shit in here um but I loved Kevin even more in this one than I did in the first one Harry and Marv were hilarious the hotel staff were hilarious um Buzz was hilarious I'm so glad that they continued to use him and used him even more this time I thought he was very funny 
Um, yeah. So, and I could, I obviously could watch it again. It's a Home Alone movie, but if I was going to choose one, it definitely would be the first one, not this. Oh, I would choose this before the first one. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I gave the other one close to 100%. I don't remember. It wasn't that long ago, and I don't remember when I gave it, but very close to 100%, if not 100%. <laughs> well, we'll see if you feel as excited next time, because mm. we're doing Scrooge, starring Bill Murray and Bobcat Goldthwait, which does mean we're not going to be reviewing Home Alone's 3 through 5 here. <laughs> but if you want to talk to us about them anyway, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Millennials at the Movies, on Twitter, Millennials ATM, and my personal Twitter is Ami, that's A-M-I underscore movies. And mine is Cantaloupe underscore eyes, like the fruit. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.